I said, I wanted to present some stuff to you that's really kind of been on my heart. And I've got five questions I'm going to ask and answer. That maybe these are questions that you've had, but it's not so much questions about, about the Bible, academic type stuff. It's about your relationship with Christ. Um, so I'm just going to have a real quick word of prayer. I'm going to ask God to help us, and then we'll jump into this scripture. And we'll ask uh, the Lord's blessing on it. We're actually going to be in Matthew chapter number 11 primarily today. Matthew chapter number 11. And we're going to, we're going to go over this. Um, have you ever asked the question, is God angry at me? And that's what, that's what I want you to consider. And then if you've ever asked that, I want to show you some stuff from the Bible that kind of gives us an answer on it. So let's, let's pray together. Lord, we love you. And I want to thank you again for, for loving us, for caring for us, and for dying for us. Lord, I, I know... Um, today we've, we've gone over much and we've been in the word of God but I pray that this would be a good time that you would help us to learn help us to learn something about you Lord we do love you and we want to worship you and honor you and it's in Jesus name, Amen um, so again I, I definitely want to recommend uh, this book to you so far it's been a great blessing to me it's just called Gentle and Lowly and talking about how that's who God is and I told you in the previous service that for a long time I've often thought God, which by the way he is, I think about God often as the lion, man, the lion of Judah, which he is. Man, he's a warrior. He's, he's going to judge sin. The Bible talks about the sinners of this world, or the, the, whole, the whole realm of sin. The Bible calls that the enemy of God. And for those of us, the Bible says when we were lost, we were the enemies of God. And so now, here's what happens to me. I hear that I was once the enemy of God. I know that. And I realize that, man, my, my sin affects God greatly. Sin makes God angry, which it does. And I see that what sin does to God, and I think to myself, oh, man, I have to be so very careful about how I live as not to make God angry with me. And I want to keep God's favor with me. Now, I, I want to make sure I, this is a very narrow lane, and I want to make sure I stay in that lane because God is multiple things. He is just, yes, he's a warrior, yes. We're going to talk today about the lamb and how he loves you. I want to tell you a quick story, and I actually pulled this one from a book. Imagine with me for a moment, you've got a, a mother and a father. They're unable to have children of their own. And they, they love each other very, very much. And they also are a family that wants to have children, but they're unable to have children of their own. So they go through all the process, they jump through all the hoops, and they adopt two children. They adopt these children, they bring them into their home, and they just pour out their love on these children. And man, they, they, they provide everything. They, they show these children that they love them. And then as it comes to pass, six or seven months later, one of these kids, he thinks to himself, he's like, man, I really, I really got to start doing stuff to make, make dad happy. Man, so what's he start doing? He just, he gets up one morning and says, I want to go do the dishes because I got I to gotta keep dad happy. Oh, man, I've, now I've got to go do the laundry. Now I've got to go, I've got to go cut the grass. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Then finally, dad sees the kid doing all this stuff, and he just asks him. He's like, so what are you doing? I mean, by all means, thank you, but what are you doing? Oh, dad, I just have to make sure that you keep loving me, and I'm trying to make sure I do everything I can so that you love me. And then I thought about that. I'm like, man, that's so silly. Why, why would a child ever have to think that he has to work and work and work 
to earn his father's love. And then I thought about that, and the whole point of this illustration was, how often do we think that as God's children, we have to work and work and work to earn his love? Folks, that's not in the scripture. It, it's just not. The, the Bible says that God is love. The Bible says that God in, embodies love, that you don't even know love until you know the Father. And so why is it, and this is what I've done, and this is what I'm trying to present to you. Maybe you've had this problem, but uh, uh, maybe not, but I have. I have sometimes struggled with trying to figure out how I can please God. What, what could I do more to make God happy? Or what have I done to mess up God's love for me? How have I failed? And I have always, I say always, I have many, many times lived feeling like a failure because I know my sin. And as soon as I sin, I'm like, all right, now I've got to go back to God and ask forgiveness again. And now I've got to go and, and get his love back again. And that's the way I feel because I know how terrible my sin is. And by the way, I feel bad about my sin. But what I missed was, and, and this, is, this is kind of the whole thing, I can't think of anywhere in the New Testament after Jesus has died and the sins have been paid for, I can't think of anywhere where we see God expressing his anger towards a Christian. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't find it. Now, if there is, but again, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm talking about the entirety of Christ's death after that. If there is somewhere, show me, but I, I can't think of anywhere. Folks, what God gets angry with is the result of sin in our lives. God, when he sees us covered in sin, he sees a child that has a problem, and he wants to address that problem, not cast off the child. Think of this. Do you remember the prodigal son? When he left and he took all of his dad's money and he wasted it and he squandered the inheritance. And here he was out there feeding the pigs and he ruined his dad's, half of his dad's inheritance, everything. He ruined it. And then the Bible says the son come home. What was dad's attitude towards the son? Welcome home. He, he, he wanted nothing more than to show his kid that he loved him. He embraced him. He put a ring on his finger, put a coat on his back and threw him a party because his son came home. Not once do you see the father saying, ah, oh, yeah, you, you see what you did? You messed it up, didn't you? Yeah, come back. I'll give you a job. You can work for me now. That's what the son was expecting. And isn't that what we expect? Don't we expect our father just to be, and at least I do. I have this weird expectation that when I mess up, that I have to go to God and face his anger, then ask his forgiveness and then I can be back in the good graces and in his love. But that's, it's not biblical. I don't find it. And I want to show you some stuff. Now, please, bear in mind, God does get angry towards sin. We're going to talk about that. But we're talking about you as a child, not the lost that aren't his. So here's the best way I know to present this. I've got five questions. I want to answer these questions and give you the answers from the scriptures. And maybe these are the questions that you have, and I hope this will be good answers to you. Number one, does God get angry? Well, yeah. Let's go to Romans chapter number one. If you want to hold your finger there in Matthew 11. I've just got one verse I want to read to you in Romans 1. Romans chapter number one. And this is going to be in verse number 
Let me turn there myself. I've got it underlined. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 18. Okay, Romans 1, 18. The Bible says this. For the wrath of God, oh, see, there it is, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So, now, my first two questions are both answered right here. Number one is this. Does God get angry? Yeah. He does. Absolutely he does. If you go to the Old Testament and you read the when his wrath was poured out on some of the wickedness of this world, it's pretty rough. I'm talking fire falling from heaven type stuff. Look at the book of Revelation when God actually finally judges sin completely and finally. Is that pretty wrathful? Yeah. Okay, so then my question is this. Does God get angry? Yes. Question number two. To whom does he get angry? That's what we don't ask. To whom is he angry? Look at the rest of the verse. For the wrath of God, there it is, is revealed from heaven to who? Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you read all of chapter number one of Romans, that the overall context of this chapter is talking about the people who should have known who God are, but they rejected him. So who does God reveal his wrath to? The wicked, the ungodly, the lost, those who had the opportunity to hear about God and rejected him. So we ask this question, is hell a real place? Yeah, it is. Is the wrath of God going to be poured out on the lost and sin and wickedness? Yes. Am I in that position? You see, the Bible even tells us, and I should have wrote this down, I believe it's in Hebrews. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Folks, that means if you are his, if you are born again, you are condemned for nothing. Nothing. That means there is no sin that you could commit after the time that you are a Christian to which God will condemn you. Not one. There is no condemnation. And so I think of that and while, yes, by the way, your sin should still hurt you. It should still upset you when you do wrong. Paul even said, should I continue in sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid. You'll keep sinning just because you've got grace. But the idea is God loves you so much, there is never a sin that you could do that will cause him to stop loving you. Let me ask you something, parents. By the way, yeah, let's look at that. Parents. How much would it take for your child? I'm talking your four or five-year-old child. What would your child have to do for you to say, I'm done with you. I don't love you anymore. Get out of my house. Now, a lot of you are thinking, no, that's nuts. Who, who would say that to a small child? And we really think God, who loves more than even we do, would do that to us? Folks, God doesn't see me for my sin. He sees me for someone that he loves and for someone that he died. And when he sees my sin, he does have a reaction, but it's not anger. And I'm actually going to show that to you. And I'm going to show you how we can apply this and how it changed my heart and mind about some stuff. So we see that God gets angry, yes. To whom is he angry? He's angry at the ungodly. So is God a lion? Yeah, to the lost, to his enemy, but we're not the enemies of God. 
Let's go to Ephesians 4.30 real quick. I said we were going to go to Matthew. I'm changing this up a little bit. Let's go to Ephesians 4.30. 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians. Chapter number 4, verse number 30. Now, this is a passage that's written to Christians. Romans 1 was talking about the lost. Ephesians is written to the saved. Ephesians 4.30. The Bible says this. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. Do you know what your sin does to God? It does not make him angry with you. It makes him grieve. It makes him tore up on the inside. See, God doesn't look at us and say, oh, yeah, you knothead, you don't went and sinned again, didn't you? I'll just go ahead and strike you. No, no. The Bible, in fact, says that his heart is disrupted and he is grieving over the fact that we are still dealing with our sin for which he already died. Incredibly profound thing, and I've, I've not fully studied this out yet, but I'm just going to give you a quick, I'm going to shed the light on it. And, and I didn't even think this to be true. I had to look it up myself. In John chapter 11, do you remember when Lazarus died and God rose Lazarus from the dead? He says, hey, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus come walking out in his grave clothes. And Mary and Martha's like, oh, don't do that. He's going to stink. But he was whole. There was a point in there in John eleven thirty five. 35. The Bible says that Jesus wept. About three verses prior to that, the Bible said that Jesus groaned within himself, that he was, he was groaning and he was, he was overcome with emotions and then he began to weep. This one man pointed out that in that moment, Jesus was not sad, he was angry. And I thought, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. I, mm, he was, and I really balked. And here's what I had to do. I went, and by the way, these resources are available to you on the back if you ever want these. There is a book that's called Strong's Concordance. What it does is it takes every word that's in your New Testament and it gives you the actual Greek word from which it was translated. And then you can look at the Greek word and the Greek definition. That word, which we now use in English, groan, I can't remember the Greek word, but the definition for that Greek word was to snort with anger. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I'm like, you're telling me God was snorting with anger. That was the kind of groan that he had. And this is what this, this gentleman pointed out. He's like, God was in that moment facing the repercussions of a fallen sin nature. Why did Lazarus have to die? Because of sin. Why was Mary and Martha weeping over Lazarus' death? Because of sin. What did Jesus came, come to save us from? sin and death. So now Jesus' friend had just died. Mary and Martha, whom he loved, were weeping over that death, and Jesus was overcome with emotions of, yes, I believe there was grief, but also recognizing he was dealing with sin. And that groaning had an element of anger over the repercussions of sin. Not them, sin. Folks, what does sin do? Sin is what God came to get rid of. He was never angry with his, his children personally. He's angry over what sin does to us. And folks, the Bible says that he is touched with our grief. My sin causes him to grieve. He does not get angry with me. In fact, the Bible says that he loves me.
and he's torn up over my sin. Like a little child that comes to us, oh, Dad, I fell down in the mud again. Ha! Ah, let me come clean you up. Let me, let, me, let me take you back in the house. We'll put some new shoes on your feet. We'll get some new clothes on you. I love you. Folks, Jesus wants the same thing for us. He wants us to be whole. He wants to pour out his love on us, yet we are just so afraid of the lion, we forget to see him as the lamb, which he is to us. Folks, here's the correlation. Just as much as he is the lion to the lost, he is every bit as much a gentle lamb with you. And I miss that. I have missed that for a long time. And I'll show you how it's affected me in a few minutes. Um, and this is the verse I've been waiting to get to. Let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. You may even be thinking, eh, preacher, that's all good, fine, and well, but I still have a hard time with it. Well, here it is. Matthew 11. Matthew chapter 11. Let's read verse number 28, 29, and 30. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. This is Jesus speaking. Look at what he is telling lost people to do. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. All right, what does that mean, Lord, to, to take your yoke on? To learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You see, I, I, I had this false notion of, okay, I'm a Christian now. I've got to get busy. By the way, we should work for the Lord. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm talking about our attitude behind it all. I, I had this notion of, man, I've just got to keep working to get the Lord's favor. I've got to keep the Lord happy with me. I have, to, I have to do this and do this and do this. But this verse, Jesus himself said, whoa. My burden's light. My yoke is easy. You know what you need to do? Jesus is literally saying, rest. Be at peace. Didn't he tell us that he came to bring us peace? This is what, this is what sin does. Sin, before we're saved, sin chains us down. And it causes us to have to work and work and fight and fight. False religions will do the same thing. Hey, you have to get good graces with God. You have to earn his favor. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And maybe the God will be happy with you and bless you. And Jesus is flipping the entire notion. He's saying, nope. I want to give you rest. I want to give you peace. Hey, take my yoke upon you. When you do that, learn of me. Learn about me. And you'll see that I am meek and I'm lowly. See, here's an interesting thought. God is not, God's baseline is not wrath and judgment. Sin draws wrath and judgment out of God. God's baseline is love and gentleness. And folks, once we become a child of God, there is nothing that is going to change his attitude towards us. And over the past few weeks, I have just learned to God loves me, and that's all there is to it. Do I sin? Yes. Does that make my sin okay? No. But it does help me to understand how God feels about me. And God will always deal with me gently. 
and God will deal with me meekly, and God will deal with me out of a heart of love. Folks, we want to pick up our burden. We want to, we want to just keep fighting. We want to keep feeling like we have to do something to earn it. But that's, that's never been found in the scriptures. Folks, can, can I tell you something about God? I think this is great. This is great. Do you realize that God already knew all of your problems and God knew what kind of a person you were before he went to the cross and died for you? Do you realize that God knew all of your faults before he knocked on your door and said, hey, I want you? He he knew. He he knew all of my mess-ups. He knew my faults. He knew how many times I was going to continue to mess up even before I got saved. He knew it all, and yet he wanted me anyway. Folks, we we feel like we have to measure up to it, but we don't. And here's, here's something even crazy beyond that. Even for all of our faults and failures, God still wants to use us. Think about this. <laughs> I love studying Peter. Remember when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross? In Jesus' final hour, Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus told Peter, I want you to follow me, knowing full well that Peter was already going to do that. So before you beat yourself up too much about, Lord, I messed up again, he already knew he was going to mess up anyway, and he still wants you. He already knew that you was going to sin. He already knew that you was going to get angry when you shouldn't. He knew you was going to blow your top. The next time that you sin and feel like your life is ruined, God already knew you were going to do that before he said he wanted you. And he still wants you. So, folks, this whole idea of God being gentle and lowly and me thinking, oh, God's angry with me again, it's not founded. I, I haven't, I have looked and I haven't seen that in the scriptures. Is God going to be angry towards the lost? as in towards the sinful things of this world, you, yeah, you bet, justice is coming, but not for those that are his. That's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And man, I just want, I wanted to share this with you because it's what I've been chewing on. And I hope it's going to be able to affect you in the same way. You know, it's, it's amazing to see that <laughs> sometimes even when we don't want God, he still wants us. Isn't that kind of a, an interesting thought? I, I, I am not, and I, I, I realize where I'm, where I'm headed with this. this is, I'm getting really close to the line. I do not believe that God will ever force himself into someone's life. You still have to choose God. The Bible says, for whosoever will may come. But at the same time, that doesn't stop God from loving that person. Nothing will ever stop God from loving us. So I guess this is what I'm trying to get at is this. Next time you sin, don't let the accuser of the brethren call up, crawl up on your shoulder and try to tell you that you're worthless and that you'll never amount to anything for God because God doesn't see you that way. God loves you, and he's never going to stop loving you. So we're about 10 till, um, and it was a little bit shorter of a lesson, and it was. But we're going to expound upon this more possibly sometime in the future. This is just specifically that was something on my heart has been blessing with me, and I thought this would be a great place to, great place to show it. So the question we ask is, does God get angry? Doggone it. I'm going to talk about this on <laughs> January 15th. I want to change some stuff to the sound system so that doesn't happen. Um, the question I asked was, does God get angry? Yes. To whom does he get angry? The lost. 
and to the wicked. So what does my sin do to him? It causes him to grieve. I get angry. He grieves. Folks, he says that his burden is easy and his yoke is light, and towards us he is meek and lowly. So let's bow for prayer. And I hope this is be something at least for you to chew on for the next little bit. I, and I know this wasn't our typical academic-type message we've been doing these second services, but I just had to share it with you. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, we love you. And I pray that each and every person here today, maybe if they're struggling with the same thing, Lord, you would help us to reflect just on how much you love us. Lord, we know that our sin displeases you and you're grieved with it. But God, I pray that you would help us to have a right attitude and have a good understanding of just how much you love us. And may we never accuse you of being unloving, for that's not who you are. God, I pray you bless us as we dismiss from here now and we go about the week in front of us. Uh, May we find every opportunity to honor you and to serve you and possibly even share the gospel with someone this week. Lord, we'd love to see souls come to know you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask these things. Amen. All right. Well, folks, we are dismissed. If you haven't grabbed one, there's more of these um, ARC retreat papers here up front. So feel free to grab one of those on your way out if you don't have one already. And as always, we love you, and we're dismissed.